separated. I know an awful lot of guys, Dwayne. But you're different. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. Open it, if you dare. Basket case. Hello, and welcome to the first of a series of new Adventures in VHS mini-podcasts that will be released exclusively to pledgers uh, via Unbound on uh, my writer's shed. Um, if you are listening to this, that means two things. First of all, it means we've reached the 15% mark, which is when I said I'd put this one out. Uh, and secondly, it means you're one of the uh, the people who have pledged to buy the book in one shape or another. Um in which case, I would like to take this opportunity to say a massive, massive thank you to you. Uh, your support is absolutely everything to me, and I am incredibly grateful for every single person who has uh, supported the book um, and the show this far. Um, so we will be taking a look in this first episode um, at Basket Case, um, a movie which probably a lot of cult film fans will know. Um, and is a film that is uh, certainly popular among people um, who like this type of thing and um, has, has kind of spawned a couple of sequels since then as well. Um, it was released on Palace Video um, and I'm holding the sleeve in my hand right now. So I'm going to take a quick look at that first of all. We'll pop it in, we'll check out the trailers and then we'll get into the movie itself. Um, so just to quickly say, these episodes will be a little bit shorter than the you know the, the long form episodes that... Well, they'll be a lot shorter than the long form episodes that we put out um, on the old feed um, via iTunes and whatnot. Those episodes are all still available, so go and check those out. Um, but these ones will be uh, a bit shorter and we'll just kind of get in and get out and look at one individual film. I will say at this point as well that when we reach 30%, I'll drop another one that will be uh, for Basket Case 2. Um, and then maybe, I don't know, 45% for Basket Case 3. Let's see how it goes. Uh, but of course, in the meantime, I'll also be doing the odd blog and little piece uh, over in the Unbound Writer's Shed anyway. So keep an eye out for them. So yeah, let's move on to Basket Case. I hold the tape in my hand now. And it is a obviously clamshell uh, puffy palace video case. Um, little bit aged, I will say. It's a bit brown around the edges. 
Um, but looking at the sleeve, it's a beautiful hand-painted sleeve, as you would expect from this era. And um, just looking at the cover there, we've got the um, tagline across the top. The tenant in room 7 is very small, very twisted, and very mad. Uh, with the beautiful logo for Basket Case underneath there, the, uh, the blood-dripping uh, font. And then, just at the front, we've got a young man carrying his basket... Uh, with some sort of mutated beastie inside. Um, interesting, uh, perhaps, to point out that the sort of backdrop for for this image as well is the sort of uh, the lights of sort of, of of the seedier side of New York, which plays a big role in the movie and plays a big role in the tone of the movie. But I'll get onto that into the in the re review section. Um, but interesting that they've kind of put that front and center there as well because I think that makes a huge difference. It is a beautiful, beautiful color uh, cover, um, and we've got the Palace Video logo down the bottom. Um, this would have been a pre-certification tape. Uh, however, it does have the 18 certificate on the front there, uh, presumably from its theatrical uh, certification. Um, and then we move to the side. We've got the Palace Video logo at the top, the uh, the blood red font down the side that says Basket Case and the 18 certificate. There's a Palace Video hologram on the side so that we know that this is official merch. Um, and then PVC 2024A is the uh, the catalogue number for it. It's in colour and it has a running time of approximately 93 minutes, the spine tells us. Moving along to the back, the blood red logo across the top and the certificate again um, across, the, uh, across the top there. Um, and then a couple of reviews. The San Francisco Chronicle says this is a rare picnic for horror fans. Not really sure what that means. Um, the San Francisco Bay Guardian, uh, so that's two San Francisco publications who gave this a positive review for some reason. Um, the San Francisco Bay Guardian says, really goose, bumpy suspense, which is perhaps the weirdest review or pull quote that I think I've ever seen. Really goose, bumpy suspense. Really goose? Is that something from the 80s? Is that a phrase from the 80s I was unaware of? Anyway, um, so then we have uh, an image from the film there of, well, it's kind of one of the last images of the film, so I won't spoil it, but it's, yeah, it's it's one of the last images of the film, which is a strange one to include on there. Um, and that image is dripping with blood, and underneath there we've got the blurb, which I will read for you now. A tisket, a tasket, what's in the padlocked wicker basket Dwayne Bradley carries with him everywhere? Why does he feed it hamburgers and frankfurters? Whatever it is, it certainly has no table manners. Why does he speak softly to it through the wicker work and then occasionally turn it loose to wreak bloody revenge on unscrupulous doctors? One of the funniest black comedy horror films to come out of Hollywood for years, with elements of Psycho, King Kong and Blood Sisters, it was shot mainly on no location around Times Square, New York, and features what is possibly the most bizarrely realised monster yet to splatter your screen. Starring Kevin Van Hentenrick, Terry Susan Smith, Beverly Bonner, directed by Frank Henenlotter, produced by Edgar E. Avins, music by Gus Rosso, and camera by Bruce Torbay. Uh, the palace logo again in the corner, and then a little bit of copyright blurb across the bottom. Um, just popping the case open. As I say, this is a beautiful um, Palace Video puffy case, uh, which means that you've got the, the lovely raised uh, puffy Palace Video logo on the inside. 
Um, and yeah, it is one of those sort of old school um, cases as well. Not the very, not the thin clear plastic one. This is a real sort of a real thick plastic number. Um, and then we've got the the tape on the inside. These uh, there's a please rewind tape sticker on there, and this is a red label Palace Video uh, release, um, which is is worth mentioning for 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 one reason really basically the uh, palace video did put out uh things with different colored labels i think the the example i would uh the only example i know about if i'm being honest with you is is the evil dad uh which came uh which was released on palace video under a number of different like i think there was a red label a yellow label and a white label um i own the red label i think it's the i do no i own the yellow label i think it's the red label version of that that's the most sort out if i uh, if i remember rightly uh but this is a red label i have no idea if that makes it any more more valuable but i don't really care um so anyway that's the uh, that's the tape shall we put it on and check out the trailers yeah let's do that before the main feature palace video proudly presents there was once Every five years. That's all. I'll be back. Okay. Flowers again. What you're hearing right now Close is David Bowie, who appears to be a soldier in this movie. Um, in what looks like Vietnam, possibly. No, not Vietnam. This is a Jeremy Thomas production, filmed by Nagisha Oshima, and it's Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. I'm a soldier of His Majesty's Army. You must tell us your past history. My past is my business. It's very dramatic. It, yeah, I think is this the Vietnamese War? It's I'm not too sure, but um, it's a film I've heard of before. I definitely know the. I definitely know that title, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Um, I had no idea it starred David Bowie, whose acting, based on this trailer, is um, is is not amazing. If I'm being honest, they could do nothing individually. I do wonder if David Bowie had something to do with this. Music as well in the background because it is really catchy. You're either very clever or you're bloody stupid. And yeah, this scene here where it looks like David Bowie's about to have a samurai fight, and I have to say, it's worth seeing this trailer just to see David Bowie in this scene because he really looks like Gollum. It, it looks like a, a test screening for Gollum because um, he's not the prettiest cat in the world, is he, David Bowie? Yeah. So it looks very tense, it looks very serious. I've got to be honest with you, it's not the type of thing I'm planning to seek out. Um, it doesn't look like my type of thing. It stars David Bowie, Tom Conte, and a few other folks. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Mr. Rollins! There's your title. I will say though, I love that music. I, I would imagine David Bowie must have had something. It sounds like it could potentially be a David Bowie song. Um, yeah. Who were the Ruttles? 
Ah. Well, this is a trailer for The Ruttles, which is a film that I've had for a really long time and I've just never gotten around to watching. I really want to see it. I, I, I really should check it out. Uh, you know, like the rest of the planet, I'm a huge Beatles fan, and like the rest of the planet, I'm a Eric Idle fan. Um, so I don't know why it's taken me this long to see it. Um, for those who don't know, The Ruttles is a... Um, four characters that are based on the Beatles based very closely on the Beatles as I'm sure you can hear because basically we talked it over chastity of myself and we came to the conclusion that uh, civilization was nothing more than an effective sewage system and yeah it's basically a parody of the Beatles um, but it's one that sort of features members of the Rolling Stones and it's Obviously, because it's Eric Idle, it's kind of a, a parody that's um, almost feels like it's endorsed by the Beatles. Almost feels like they've approved it. Um, it looks pretty funny. The songs seem very accurate um, rip-offs of Beatles songs, as I'm sure you can hear. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely check this out. Just haven't gotten around to it yet. that the prefab four, Dirk, Nasty, Stig and Barry, the Ruttles, the... See, I believe it started life... Uh, I believe the Ruttles started life as part of Rutland Weekend Television, which is the show that Eric Idle did after uh, Monty Python. Um, and then, obviously, it was so popular they made a movie out of it. Um, and like I say, it looks funny. I've never even seen Rutland Weekend Television, though, so. Okay, we're on to the next trailer now. Looks like it might be set in the 50s. There's a guy dancing down the street. That man is Mr. Sanderson. And he's he Mr. Sanderson. He owns a butcher shop in the small, sleepy town of Burquitland. Okay. A small town where one Sounds like I'm not going to have to narrate this sleepy one. Existence, something happened which changed its people's lives beyond all recognition. Gotta be aliens. so dreadful. So awesome. Okay, there's a flying car, there's an alien. So terrifying. <laughs> there's someone who's been infected by something. like a sci-fi film that's been directed by Devo. That's the only way I can describe this. Visions of Mother Wyshensky. Oh, no. No, no, it cannot be! There is evil in the radioactive potions of jam, boy genius. Balonium. There is evil... I can't really tell what's going on. Um... ...of the extraterrestrial aliens. The Earth is now in chaos. It looks like balonium. It looks like an intentionally bad Abdullah, the big meat eater. It looks like an intentionally bad sci-fi movie. Like vegetables. 
And now it's just introduced somebody else completely, which is this big, fat, black dude called Big Meat Eater. Wait, that's weird. That's really fucking weird. Um, that trailer started off as something, and then just in the last couple of, in the, in the last few seconds, turned into something else and announced itself as Big Meat Eater. I'm gonna have to go online and check that out. Um, in the meantime, you're hearing the Palace video logo, which means the movie's about to start. So after this short break, we will get into uh, my review of Frank Henenlotter's Basket Case. Alright, I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. Alright, Reverend Scott, take uh, us to church. Uh, what can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. <laughs> uh, is there anyone's coattails you rode in on to popularity? I'm the guy that f***ing burns the coattails and then pisses on them. <laughs> you review all these exploitation, horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. Yeah. People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one <laughs> That is one star too many. Let me tell you. The worst f***ing piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Ugh. That was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. Frank Henenlotter is a name most people who grew up on 80s horror and exploitation will almost certainly know. With only six directorial credits to his name over a 26-year career, he's hardly the most prolific filmmaker. But as any of his fans will tell you, his creations are nothing if not memorable. But while half of Henelotta's CV is dedicated to homicidal brain parasites, reanimated prostitutes and other bizarre sexual experimentations, it's perhaps the other half that he's most well known for. The half that tells the story of a young man and his hideously deformed half-brother who lives in a padlocked wicker basket. Smoke, smoke. I got joints and bags, nicks and dime bags, gold Columbia smoke. I got acid blotters, rainbows, window pane, speed downs, second off volume, mescaline, THC. I've got some good cocaine, prelude, beauties, methadone, cheap, Panama red, angel dust, check it out, man, tranquilizing, enemies, lithium, poison, tie sticks, methadone, out of rock, red, junk, morphine. What do you want, some girls? I got some nice girls. What the fuck is wrong with you anyway, man? Basket Case was written, directed and put out into the world by Hen and Lotta in 1982 and was followed by two sequels in 1990 and 1991. And in the first film we're introduced to Dwayne, a nomad of sorts who it transpires is on a mission to get to find the people responsible for the forced surgical procedure that saw him separated from his then Siamese twin, Belial. Before that part of the story kicks in, though, there is an initial 20 minutes or so where everyone else around Dwayne is more concerned with the mystery of what he's carrying around with him. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? So Dwayne and Belial set up a temporary base for themselves in the delightful Hotel Broslin, which is a dingy apartment block which serves as a home to all sorts of drunks, whores and other miscreants. 
And the hotel is the perfect backdrop for the film, though, as it provides the same kind of seedy atmosphere that you'd find in films like 1984's Combat Shock, uh, a.k.a. The American Nightmare, which used the dirtier side of New York City to tell stories that are a million miles away from the clean, shoe-shopping destination we know it to be today. But don't be fooled by the decrepit architecture, cracked paint and rotting staircases of the Hotel Broslin. As while Basket Case initially sets out to showcase its setting as the home of dropouts, thieves and other bitter dregs of society, it soon reveals itself to be quite the opposite. The building is, in fact, rather a lovely place to live, with a landlord who's quick to respond to any trouble and make sure all of his tenants are safe. This isn't a hotel, it's a house! And, of course, the local hooker with the heart of gold who takes Dwayne under her wing. Tell you what, why don't you in that picnic basket of yours join me at the back table? I've got some heavy booze to do. It looks like you can use some good company. Come on. Unfortunately, not everyone in the building is quite as friendly as these two, so when one of the shadier drunks in the building tries to rob Dwayne's stash of cash, Bilal has to step in and brutally murder him. Meanwhile, Dwayne has found himself a love interest, a woman who looks exactly like she was made from the DNA of Sarah Michelle Geller and Lady Gaga, and has started to drunkenly spill his story. Uh, our mother died giving birth to us. He was attached to my right side. They wouldn't let us go to school or anything. They kept us hidden. We were the big family secret. Everybody hated us except our aunt. See, he likes dark. He doesn't like to be seen, not even by me sometimes. And you know what else? He talks to me up here without words. I just hear him whispering in my brain. Sometimes he talks for hours and won't shut up. I used to be able to talk to him like that, but that's when we were still connected. Our aunt said it was our special gift, but since we've been separated, I can't do it anymore. But he can still do it to me. In fact, he's even better at it now. He always knows what I'm thinking. Wayne, you're giving me the creeps. They didn't want him to live, but he fooled him. He didn't die, he just got stronger. Now this leads to a rather long and rather gruesome flashback where we see the actual separation of the brothers, which is great because it helps underline the fact that while Basket Case has an undeniable comic undertone, it is in fact an incredibly sad story. Dwayne is a tormented soul who wants to have a normal life, but is burdened by the deep connection that he has for his more damaged brother. And you get the sense that by trying to pull them apart, the people who forced the surgery on them in the first place have only really brought them closer together, as well as giving them a reason to fight back. And while it might sound silly to suggest a movie about a prosthetic rubber blob that claws people to death and lives in a wicker basket has a lot of emotional depth, you only really need to listen to Belial's pain screams to know that Hen and Lotta was keen for his audiences to get a little bit more from this than just simple exploitation. <laughs> So, in short, Basket Case is a film that ticks a lot of boxes. It has enough blood and prosthetic effects to keep genre fans happy, but if you care to look beneath that, there is something much more beautiful and tragic there too. It's the story of two lost souls looking for a family who managed to find one in probably the most unexpected place you can imagine. Ultimately, though, you find that they are undone by their love for one another and their thirst for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> 
and honestly, it's just about the saddest thing I've ever seen. Okay, so that was the first of our uh, series of mini-casts of Adventures in VHS. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. There will be many more to come, hopefully, while the the book is being uh, funded by your kind selves. Um, I will take this opportunity to just say, if this is a book that interests you, um, and obviously it is because you've pledged, um, first of all, again, thank you very much. Uh, but if I could ask you to do just one thing, it would be to tell other people about it. If this is a book that would interest you, uh, you may have friends who it would also interest, tell them about it. Please, please tell them about it. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can do so um, by contacting me through either my writer shed at Unbound or you can contact me via filmrantnoel at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter via at filmrant. Um, and you can also uh, follow Adventures in VHS on Facebook. Just search for Adventures in VHS. Uh, any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Um, let's try and get the book up to 30% by telling everybody we know what an awesome project it is, uh, and I will drop the next podcast, which will be on Basket Case 2. Uh, so until that point, um, keep an eye on the writer's shed where there will be some written pieces going up in the next uh, uh, few days and weeks as well. And um, until next time, Next time, uh, I'll see you later. Ta-ra.